This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sky Blues Extra podcast with me, Tom Ward, and I'm joined this evening by Andrew Greasley and a very special guest, Dave Bennett. Dave signed for the Sky Blues in 1983 and made over 170 appearances, scoring 25 goals, including a very famous goal in 1987 to help the Sky Blues lift the FA Cup. Let's listen to a couple of those great memories now. Beno, thanks for joining us this evening to share your Sky Blues story with our listeners. Thank you. No problem at all. Going right back to the start, Beno, um, how was it growing up in Manchester in the 60s and 70s? And were you a big football fan as a kid? Yes, I was a very uh, football orientated, being brought up in Manchester, obviously, with the two clubs, Manchester City and uh, Man United, dominating around the times there. And a lot of uh, Lancashire clubs were doing really well. So, uh, you know, you were brought up on it, really playing football down the alleyways and the streets and the entries. So it was a big thing in Manchester. Yeah, and were you, uh, were you on the sort of blue or red side of, of Manchester? Well, it was funny, you know, because they always played alternative weekends. So one weekend I would go and watch George Best, Bobby Charlton, Dennis Law, Brian Kidd, um, Willie Morgan, Carlos Satori, Tony Dunn. I can, you know, more or less name the team that uh, I used to go and watch one week and then the next week I'll go and watch Man City who had Francis Lee, Colin Bell, some of Tony Coleman, some great players playing from at the time. So it was just one or either, just obviously enjoy the football and going there. 
And you made your first team debut for Man City in 1979, Benno, against Everton, I think it was. What do you remember about making your debut? Well, the first thing was like when I grew up in Manchester, it was very difficult, obviously, being uh, I, I lived uh, in an area called Alongside, which is near Moss Side. Mm. Everybody knows the history of Moss Side and everything around there. So when I went to a grammar school, I was lucky where it was all boys' school. So I had a good education and good grounding. So when I obviously wanted to play football, I had to go for a few few trials and and, and uh, doing really well playing for low, like Manchester City. Uh, well, not Manchester City, Manchester boys. Yeah. And I got seen while I was playing for them and uh, got invited for a trial. Now, when I went for the trial for Manchester City's youth team and the night when I was supposed to, which was my big trial, we played Blackpool and... I scored an hat trick and we had to sign me the next day. But because of my birthday, I signed uh, straight professional forms. And that's when we grew then to see uh, be a blue because I was on that side of the city mm. and to rate the red uh, with everything. And you develop each year. So each year I, I, I get getting better and better uh, listening to uh, my mentors, uh, which one of them just died the other day, uh, Glenn Pardo. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, um, with that, with the likes of Man City, they just got runners up in the, uh, I think, the league, 1976. And uh, the likes of uh, Joe Royal, Peter Barnes, Gary Owen, some great players there. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just in a war of them. So, it was just a, a, at, a, at the time then, just thinking how far I can go and where it takes me. So, I, I developed each year and uh, went into reserves and then. As I got into the reserves, we won the Central League, which was a big thing in them days to win the Central League because there was a lot of teams that were very, very strong, like Sir Everton, Liverpool, who had mm. very good reserves team players. And a lot of first-team players were also first-team players who played, who were just getting back fit. So with that, I developed. And then now, then one day, uh, as you do, you, you go with the first team and you, you get named and you get a sheet. Then you used to get a sheet and you used to always say from. And used to name 13 as in them days because he had a sub and maybe another guy who, just in case someone got ill. So mm. I got in the 13, which I didn't expect anything more. But just know, you know, learning your trade as you go on. And it was against uh, Everton and uh, someone got injured. And uh, in one way, I was going to get bloodied anyway. Mm. But uh, I didn't expect it to be that soon or come on when I did uh, but you know you get your, you get your five ten minutes and that's it but I got I think it was 15 20 minutes against Everton which was a um, a definite eye-opener in more ways than one do you think that your reserve team football because how competitive it was helped you in your making your first team appearance because I feel like reserve team football and 23s football is is not particularly as good level as what the reserve team football was back then. Do you think it helped you, Dave? Definitely. I, yeah. I, I highly recommend it now, reserve team football, because you're playing mm. against fellow pros who are experienced pros and they don't mm. do the runs that you expect them to do and they, they learn your little things. You're watching them and you're playing with them. They, they hold the ball up differently. They, they lead and giving you information and they're helping you all the time and you know, you get, you've get you got to be a man. You've got to grow up very quickly because you get pushed off the ball. Yeah. It's a lot stronger. And, if, and they see how you develop and how you take it. There's tackles. 
because you've got to remember them days they were tackling from behind how you react mm. Uh, mm. your, your mentality, everything about you. So there's a, a lot of uh, uh, boxes to tick them days. So obviously playing reserve team football answered that. And that's why you probably move on and it determined them whether they kept you or not kept you if you was ready to, to be pushed on or to do extra strain or release you. And we'll obviously get on to the, the 87 Cup final later on, but you did play in a, a previous final for Manchester City, um, which ended up going to a replay. Um, tell us a bit about that, and, and do you think it prepared you well for the 87 final? Yeah, well, as you, as you say, all through my career, when I started at Man City, I was developing each year, each year, and I, I did make my debut, which uh, was against Everton. A lot of people, a, a lad played for Everton called Trevor Ross, who uh, at the time was a bit of a, a, a little bit of a, a tiger in midfield who kicked everybody, and <laughs> yeah, I've got on the ball as you do you're buzzing and he's kicked me and as he's picked me up he's uh whispered uh if you ever do that again you boom 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 i'll break <laughs> your legs and you can imagine i went on the pitch six foot and by the time he picked me up i was four foot two so uh, <laughs> you know it just spot it, it what it did it gave me an insight to uh, uh toughen me up so like if i seen him now i don't know whether to shake his hand or punch him in the teeth you know but uh at the same time it gave me a an idea. This is what it's all about, and mm. I moved on with with then and that year. I, uh, I scored my first couple of goals, and I think I made my full debut against uh, Coventry. So I was developing, developing all the time and learning. And then, the, obviously, with Malcolm Allison, and then uh, John Bond there with uh, Tommy Uch. I played with Tommy Uch and um, McDonnell at left back, mm. and obviously we we got to the, the FA Cup final against Tottenham which was a massive, massive occasion. Mm. So I think you always dream of playing at Wembley. Uh, and I've never been to the place. And to be playing there, my first visit was overwhelming, more than one. And then the replay, you, you know, you, you, you're there, you're involved, the euphoria of it all. And especially it was the 100th Cup final. Yeah, and then it was the first time it was ever ever replay was back at Wembley because it was the 100th Cup final. So they always say, it's, you know, the 101st Cup final was played at Wembley. Yeah. And, uh, uh, so it was a great honour. But at the same time, uh, I was learning all the time. I was learning things and uh, of different players. I had different managers. So I was picking up little things, each one, that they learnt me. And, and you know, sometimes I had to come back in the afternoon. So when, when I got to Coventry, and uh, at the time of the turnaround, when we, we was always staying, had to stay up to win the last game to stay up to all of a sudden being a team to reckon with and get to the cup final my past experience put me in good stead Mm. yeah absolutely and with having a replay how hard is that because obviously you go out for this massive occasion and then you've got to sort of go back and do it all again is it quite tough sort of doing it again or is it just is it just amazing to do it twice it's both it's tough it's on tv it's live it was a thursday night because Brazil played there on the Tuesday, mm. uh, and uh, it was um, it, it was just a massive, massive uh, occasion. Being two massive teams at the time, Man City and and, and uh, uh, Tottenham Hotspurs, and the way the first game went out, we thought we were never going to lose it, and, we, and they had to come out and show what they could do. So it was a massive game, and you you try and take it in your stride, and to put. That when you lose the game, you think, yeah, hopefully you're going to get another goal. You don't realise till maybe a year, 
two years after what you've done or what you've achieved or will mm. you do that again so when you get the, the opportunity to to get there again with Coventry City with the the way we're playing football that season and uh, with the players uh, uh, that we had it was massive it was a, it was more massive than you know we, we keep thinking of it now uh, uh, and they keep playing it but at the time we were in the cup run and we we're playing well and we had a great camaraderie and like my best friend being Cyril and, and Mickey Jin going around, so always telling them all about the occasion, where to look, what to look, what's it like. That uh, especially when you see it on TV, when you're down in the stadium, it's completely different. Mm. Little things like that, you know, which I uh, obviously witnessed before with all the build-up and, and everything like that. So I was probably more relaxed than a lot of players playing at Wembley because over the years you've seen thousands and thousands of players with big names have gone to Wembley and not performed. So yeah. it's all about uh, um, being relaxed, getting your mind right, and hopefully everything else will, you know, go for you, which it did. Yeah, especially in those days when, you know, the cup final was just so, so enormous. And, you know, nowadays you see teams playing at Wembley, you know, a few times a season, whereas, yeah, before it was, yeah, some, you know, the biggest, biggest day of your career. So you can imagine, yeah, people, people getting quite nervous at Wembley. Oh yeah, they get a lot of nervous because it's it's massive occasion. It's on all day. It starts from it from the, the last game of the season. Well, from the semi final is mm. it, it starts from everything's a build up to it. You know, you don't want to get injured. You don't want to. You but you still got league games to play. That the the program is printed maybe a week, two weeks before when they know the team because everyone in the country know the players. Everybody knows mm. the team, so they've got an idea in the team unless there's a a last-minute injury, which we had. So everybody know, and then from the day, it starts at 9 o'clock in the morning, maybe maybe 8 in some cases, you know, and it's all day they're following you from the hotel to the coach. So it's a massive, massive game. So uh, uh, you'd certainly know about it. And the whole country's watching you. And then not only that, it's going out live to other countries, other parts of the world. So it's a massive game. And you won promotion uh, with Cardiff, I think you, with your brother, Gary, wasn't it, uh, Benno? Um and then you moved to the Sky Blues in 1983. Um, how did that move come about? Well, uh, the, the move come about was the, uh, with playing at Cardiff. I was, went there from Manchester City mm. as a, a, a helping between the chairmen, the new two chairmen. And at the time, at Man City, I just played in the cup final when we signed a lad called Trevor Francis mm. uh, to play alongside myself or Kevin Reeves. And it was just probably... Uh, Three, three into two don't go, so we, we were just battling for the, the, the extra place. But I was more part of the team, which no one ever told me that. No one come around and told me that I was, I was a, a, you know, a, a building half the team around me that I'll be playing up front, but I'll be in, uh, fighting for one of the places with two other players. So I went to Cardiff thinking one step back, probably two steps forward, because my brother was there. Lisa can help him and he can help me and we could talk about things in, in more ways than one. So um, I went to Cardiff as a uh, centre forward, but I was getting kicked that much because you could tackle from behind them days. Yeah. So the, 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 the gaffer then, Richie Morgan, and then we had another gaffer, Williams. Then Len Escher has come and he moved me out to the wing. So he moved mm. me out to the wing knowing that I could get this body side on and I could see these tackles coming in and maybe ride him a little bit and see and get into the, the box because it was a natural uh, striker. So if the ball went down the left, I would naturally get into the far post or try and get 
into the box to score a goal. So that's how it come about. And I was playing on the wing and I did well for Cardiff, like scoring 13 or 14 goals from the wing at that time. And we were playing against uh, Bobby Gull, who was manager of Bristol City or Bristol Rovers. So mm. he knew of me through um, watching me all that season. But uh, while I was there, because we did have phones like we do now, there's a few phone calls flying around and, and, and apparently uh, Arsenal was interested in me taking uh, me going to there. But because mm. there's not phones, they signed a guy called uh, Brian Marwood. Yeah, another one. Yeah. Uh, couldn't get hold of me. And obviously, uh, it's not like it is now. I ended up um, coming to commentary. But in hindsight, it's probably the more better move for me. Yeah, definitely. Well, definitely our gain, uh, Benno, 100%. Um, so what are your early memories uh, from your time with the Sky Blues, Benno? Well, the time with the early memories of the Sky Blues is first, obviously, with Bobby Bobby Gould and, and then thinking when I started, well, signed for Sky Blues, the likes of Gary Thompson, Danny mm. Thomas and all that, that the young crew that was there, you're thinking, yes, one of the reasons why I wanted to come to commentary because we had young players, we 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 we'd be going places and I'd be playing with them for a long time. Uh, so when you come one day, and by the time I think I've signed on the Tuesday, up had a connection with Mickey Jean and I think Trevor Peak, I'm not sure. Mm. Um, and then by Friday, everybody's gone. So it's a bit oh, where do we go from here? But uh, as we did in the first game, uh, first season. Or at the start of the first season, we, we were beating every team and we were still getting to know each other. But our football was telling, and we was on the top of the league by Christmas. Yeah, after Christmas, right. after Christmas, when we got to know each other, we were fighting for relegation the last game of the season against Norwich. So yeah. uh, um, with that, uh, which which we uh, obviously we won, uh, mm. winner there to keep us up. But the next season was a. Again, a different season because some of the players who were playing in the first season, like Jerry Daly, Dave Bamba, um, Ramovic, the goalkeeper, Jackson, yeah. Ashley Grimes, Sam Allardyce, we had another turnover. So many players again in the next season. And so it was it was getting to know each other again, and then we had an import of players like Sil Regis, Steve Grzevich coming, Greg Downs, a few of the lads was oh well. We had Mickey Adams then, so we had. A turnover then, so you had to get to know them again. So that was di- difficult, but at the same time, it, it, they must have seen something in myself, uh, Trevor Peak and Mickey Jean, because I think we were one of the only three or four that was kept out of the players who were signed the season before. And what was your relationship with uh, Bobby Gould like, Benno? It was good. It was good. Good with Bobby Gould. Yeah. He, had his, he had he had his moments. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 he had his moments in more ways than one. Uh, I think he was learning, learning to 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 look after players at this level. Because he was quite a young manager at that time, wasn't That's he? That's right. He, yeah. he was learning to look after players at this level in that sense and how to cope with them. Though he did have a majority of players who have come up from uh, the, uh, other leagues. There's a league mm. two, a league three. League four them days, and I think the only players who played at, uh, in the first division at the time was myself, Cyril. I think Argy, who who been with uh, been with Liverpool, uh, who's been sub for Liverpool in big games. So uh, in that way, he was learning a lot about us, as we were learning a lot about him. 
Yeah, and, and you mentioned how Bobby got players from the lower leagues. He got Stuart Pearce. And uh, what was Stuart Pearce like as a player? He come with, uh, with obviously, his reputation of uh, being a, a little bit hard and no mens- no me- uh, messing about fullback. And he come in, I can remember one of the first games because he because he had loved to strike a ball, loved to mm. strike a ball. He had a great left foot, but, you know, power and the accuracy with his left foot was second to none. And, you know, he liked to strike a ball. I remember one with, with one of the first pressures, it was a free kick and it was in the middle of the uh, centre circle. And he tried to shoot from there. Because, you know, I don't know what it was. He tried to shoot. I'm thinking, who is this lad? Who is this lad? You know, he come up with a lot of confidence, learning his trade the way he did. And uh, obviously, the, the rest is history. And now to the topic I think all our listeners will be very excited to hear about is the uh, the 87 Cup win. Um, it obviously all started with a 3-0 win over Bolton. Um, what do you remember from the early rounds, Ben? Well, the early rounds, uh, uh, like we beat Bolton, and that, that game was uh, touch and go when it's going to be on because of the frost. Mm. Uh, one side of the pitch was frozen and the other side was all right because of the sun coming out late as it did and, and it was touch and go whether the game was going to be off. Uh, and that game, we won 3 in which I scored, where the goalie obviously felt sorry for me and just gave me a, a little tap. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, that game. But after that game, I got injured, which I pulled mm. my thigh muscle. So, I missed the fourth-round game against um, Man United. Though I went to the game to watch it with the mm. lads, I uh, missed that game. And again, that game was on a uh, 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 bit of a frosty pitch. But I think Man United had underground heating, just like, like we did, but it was still frosty. And we went up there and we, we beat them, uh, the mighty Man United. And then people start thinking, oh, Coventry, watch out for Coventry being a dark horse because we're, mm. we're, playing, we're playing all right in, in the league too. So, um, and that's where Keith Alchin played played up front and he scored the winner mm. at Man United and we went on from there and I was injured and then we 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 met Stoke then and Stoke were flying. Stoke, uh, I think they were top of the mm. second division there, the second division. Yeah, right, yeah. One team we didn't, we didn't want to meet of all of all the draws we didn't want to meet and then we had to go to Stoke and we went to Stoke with a depleted team but uh, again, our camaraderie and the lads uh, Stuck in there. I, even I played in the middle of the park that day. Uh, <laughs> we're stuck in today, but uh, they give us a right going um, Stoke. And in the end, we ended, you know we we stuck at it. We ended up scoring a great goal with uh, Mickey Jin. Mm. So uh, um, we were glad to get out of that game, uh, you know, against Stoke. And from then on, you think you've got a chance here. You've got a chance. So uh, uh, you, you 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 don't like to say anything. Yeah. Carry on playing. You don't jinx it, do you? Yeah, you don't want to jinx the time. And what's what's so ironic about it? We then we drew, obviously Sheffield Wednesday, Sheffield Wednesday away, and uh, we didn't mind playing. We always played well at Sheffield, and, and I always played well at Sheffield. But the following playing at Sheffield Wednesday, uh, I was been playing up front all season. So um, John Sillett brought Keith Houching back into play centre forward. Because he did well there, and I played on the wing, and um, uh, we scored early on. And, and I think we don't get enough credit for that goal. 
the first goal. Mm. You know, Celery, just the move, the layup, the give and go of it. It's a it, great goal. And uh, yeah, felt sorry for the goal. He probably must have thought, who's this running down at me? It's big Cyril running at me. I think he wanted to get out of the way. He almost saved <laughs> getting out of the way. So we, we start. So we, we're playing well. And then obviously Sheffield come back at us. And uh, the roof, it, uh, well, top of the, the stands almost come off when they scored. And that's when we thought, now we're in a game, you know, we're in a game. And uh, just as uh, you're just about to make a substitution, you just had the board up to take Keith off. I was going to move up to uh, centre forward because we didn't mind having that we play and getting back to our place. Mm. Uh, Keith scored. And just to rub uh, wound in the salt, he went and scored again. Uh, and that's when you think, yes, and we deserve to win. Uh, on, on, on the old of the old game, uh, how we played, but that was the, the start of the, uh, the the first page or the second page of the fairy tale for Keith Alch, yeah. you know. And we went on from there, and you think, oh, we listened to the listen to the uh, the draw, and we what we wanted, we didn't want to obviously get Tottenham because uh, Watford was there, and the, the, there was us and Leeds. Leeds were playing well in the second division. At the time, uh, so we thought. Even so, we still thought they were the easiest option mm. uh, to to take. But in that time, we still had the, the lead to deal with and um, to play games in the league. And a lot of people go on today. One of the greatest games that I feel well was that when we played Tottenham at Christmas, and we beat them four three. Mm. It had everything: goals and excitement. And it just had two teams attacking each other in the way it was and playing football in the right way. So that was, that was when Cyril scored the header last minute, wasn't it, uh, Benno? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Cyril scored the header and the old, you know, what what a great way to celebrate Christmas, wasn't it? So it's just <laughs> the new year. So it went on from there. And obviously now we come to the semi final and we're playing um, Leeds. So we know of Leeds and you get your. your, your what you got to do, marking, etc. Uh, how they play, and again, I was playing uh, uh, right wing against Mickey Adams, which obviously Mickey Adams had just left the club. Yeah, so that's he right. knew me. He knew me, and I knew him. So it weren't just about a friendship was going out the window. It was about tactically and, and him wanting to get the best of me, and me wanting to get the best of him in more ways than one. Because I know he'll be wanting to kick me, and and I, I've got to <laughs> overcome that in 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 in, in not only mine and matter, but for the team. You see, so it, it, it was not only personal; it was also for the team. Because obviously, Mickey wanted to do well against us, mm. and I didn't want to see show us that he he had the better of me. So um, obviously, with the game started, and Leeds have started like a house on fire, uh, and we were lucky that. We was still in the game with some great saves from Oggy. Mm. Absolutely great saves. And um, as the game went on, after about 20 minutes when we weathered the storm, in the first half, we probably should have gone in, probably leading, because I think Cyril's had three one-on-ones, bless him, three one-on-ones in the goalkeeper. And he's not like him. Uh, you know, he's, he's, he's fluffed his lines. He's fluffed his lines and... Um, Never forget it, as we say, we go into the changing rooms and uh, you can hear, like, Cyril's gone in the changing room and we sit down and get an orange and Cyril's, Cyril's voice is like, sorry, lads, 
and it's not a voice of say, yeah, come on. It's like, you know, he's feeling so down, and and the lads go, don't worry about it. Get behind him. Get behind mm. him. And we we cheer him up. You're still part of the team. We're still in the game. Don't worry about it. Come on. Don't worry. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going as you do. And encouragement. And then you just there as we're going out. We used to warm up and just hear this little voice going, uh, "Here we go. Here we go. Here we go." And the person who started off the chorus is Lloyd McGrath. <laughs> Lloyd, Lloyd McGrath don't say anything. The only time he's yeah, Lloyd say anything if he's had four Bacarian Bacarian. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's like, here we go, here we go. So you can imagine we're singing now at the top of our voices. Leeds and the other changing rooms can hear us. They must be thinking, what's going on? Because they're winning one nil and we're singing. So, so uh, yeah, so it, it, it went on, and then as the the game went on and. As we do in, the, in that game, thinking, how are we going to get back into this game? How are we going to get back into this game? And obviously, uh, you do what you do. And uh, I went down, ball's not down, and you're chasing it because you want to do something or create something, uh, get in the game, and chase the ball. And I thought, yes, I'm going to get this. But the, the skill of it was, was I knew I'd make the tackle. Was the, the skill of it was just keeping the ball in play getting up and keeping the ball in play when I slide, slide in to get the ball off Brendan Ormsby. So it, that was the, the, the skill of it. I, was, I could make the tackle, I probably could have fouled him, but I knew I'd make the tackle. Once I made the tackle, it's just getting up, getting the ball in play, and which I, I did, and kept me head up and, and passed it to Lloyd. Thank God Lloyd, he missed it. I think he's still looking for his leg now in the stand. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So thank God he's missed it, and then he's gone to lip. We Mickey Jin, who's missed, kicked it, and uh, he's gone in the net. And then once he's gone in the net, like you, we've started to flow past the ball, and we've started to cause them all all kinds of of uh, uh, um, danger in, in more ways than one. I'm getting the best of Mickey Adams, left, right, and centre. We, and the next thing, we're up two one. Uh, Mick. Uh, Keith out and goes around and Coley and we're up 2-1 and we think, come on. But we're not, obviously, we're not thinking of Wembley or anything like that. We're thinking, let's see this game through. Let's see this game through. So, uh, as we as we do, and um, the next thing you know, they score. <sighs> oh, you just, if, you view, if you want to see chins and heads hit the, hit the ground, that was at the time. But uh, mm. uh, some of us didn't know if it was going to be extra time or a replay. We weren't sure if you know we, we we didn't mind coming back to our place or whatever. We weren't sure about if it's going to be a replay, so mm. we, we, it went into extra time. You know, I had it had this chance about 25 yards out, and I hit it with my left foot, and it rocketed into the top hand corner. I couldn't believe it. Three two. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant feeling. But you get on with it and. You don't realise what you've done or achieved till afterwards. You know, mm. it was on a Sunday, and as a um, on a Sunday, and I used to go to this pub called the Rose and Crown on the uh, Walsgrave Road. Win or lose, I used to go there and have some booze. That was the motto at the time. <laughs> and, and on the Sunday, because we played, because the the pubs used to close then, didn't they? Three o'clock and mm. that at the time. And um, we um, I got back. And because um, we kicked off at half 12, got back to get a drink in the pub and I couldn't get a drink, I had to leave. It was that packed and 
it was packed and I just uh, people coming up to me I had to leave and I went home sober I was fuming <laughs> <laughs> you would be <laughs> I was fuming I couldn't you know so um, and I weren't going out Sunday night or I wouldn't go out Sunday night or anything like that so I was fuming that day <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you talked about earlier, uh, Benno, about uh, Cyril in the changing room. And I know that it's well documented that you had a special relationship with Big C. Can you just briefly describe that relationship with, with Cyril? Yeah, the Big C, it's, it's, uh, I, I have him now. He's on my key ring, mm. on my photo. So he's with me all the time, all yeah. the time. Well, I met Cyril and Nolan Cyril when I was at Man City because he used to play for West Brom. Yeah, and at the time when we played at West Brom with with um, Lowy Cunningham and Brendan Batson, there was only a couple of black guys who was in the first division at the time. So like myself, Roger, um, Cyril, uh, and who played for West Brom. The likes of the other players, like you say, Ricky Ricky Hill and the others and Steenis, were all playing for Luton and yeah. Dave Anderson for Anderson. They were all in the second division, so they weren't in the first division as much as other. So we got to to know each other or of known of each other through our times we played against each other, obviously being West Brom being in the first division. Mm. So we, we always had a, a little bit of a, an understanding from them days. Uh, and you know, like as we do, we let unto each other. So when he joined the club in 80, 84, was it 84, yeah, from West mm. Brom, um, he'd come to the club. It was just a natural, natural fit. For me and him, knife and fork, it was just a natural fit. We we, we knew each other well. We spoke uh, the same language, as they say. We spoke a little bit of patois. We liked the same things, uh, yeah. you know, music and everything. So he he, he was lost a little bit. So um, we didn't have the best of seasons, the first season. And obviously he had a little bit of turmoil in his life. But obviously with Laurie and, uh, yeah. and things like that. But at the same time, I, I roomed with him. Uh, uh, I did a lot of things with him. He talked to me about his wife. And he mm. spoke from his first wife, Bev, his, his lad, uh, Robert, going through all kinds of things. So we spoke, uh, obviously, rooming together in more ways than one. We did a lot of things together. And he, he, he did lose his way. He even spoke to me about giving up football because that's how much he lost his way in the football game. He wasn't doing well. He weren't scoring goals. Mm. And he weren't enjoying it. And then uh, all of a sudden, uh, John Silly come in 86 and asked us how we wanted to play football. And he weren't the kind of man who wanted to chase balls uh, down the channels and, and things like that. He wanted it up to his feet. And then he is he, more dangerous in more ways than one and get on, to, get on the end of things. So with that, because... Of, of our relationship, I went to Johnson and asked him, could I play up front with him? Mm. So uh, we get on well. So John, obviously seeing that, we did get on well. So we used to play up front and we used to call all defenders all kinds of names and we used to speak in Potswa and, and all mm. kinds of things. And obviously we drank together, so we, we moved together in more ways than one. Uh, and, uh, and it blossomed more in every way possible and we got the best out of each other we used to, used to take the mickey out of me and I used to take the mickey out of him so then it, it just blossomed and I got hopefully I got the best out of him especially with the cup run and a year mm. after so uh, um, but we always remained friends 
in more ways than one. We've always done things together. He's always included me. Mm-hmm. He's, he always rings me up every time when he went into the agency. Uh, so now with his new wife, uh, Julia, uh, yeah. the kids, he's always kept in touch with me every day, every week. He ring me. He would never go to commentary without me to watch a game. He was, so we got closer and closer in more ways than one. So I, I knew, knew him very, very well, obviously. He, he, he went and played for the teams and people got to know him maybe um, 10 years after and they knew of him then. But to, to me, he was more than a junker. He was like a brother, mm. uh, father, figure. I spoke to him. We did everything together, mm. uh, you know, in, the, in that sense. So uh, he, he, he's... Very, very close to me uh, in more ways than one. And you two were the best dressed, weren't you? I tell you. <laughs> you had some clobber, you two, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, we had. We, well, this is it. We we always competed on that front, you know. We, we always competed on that front in the sense. Because we, we had a motto. We had a motto that mm. if you look smart, you play smart. Cause you have, and that's right. Yeah. If you have pride in your appearance, you'll have yeah. a pride in the way you play. So I agree always, with that. We, 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 we always think that look smart, play smart, and that you go out there thinking, yeah, yeah you, you are who you are. I and mean, obviously with, with the times then we could talk to each other in the sense that racism was a, was, was a rife then mm. uh, in the sense that we get called a lot of things. Uh, we could talk to each other. I'm going to do him. He said this, he said that. And he'll say, don't worry about it. We'll do him. Or he said, do him. Or we'll do this. Or we'll sort it out. We'll get it sorted in, in more ways than one. So we looked after each other in another way. And that, I think that's why uh, maybe Lloydie didn't uh, get as much to the, to the sense as we were because we were the main characters at mm. the time. Lloydie was quiet. We would probably say something. Lloydie wouldn't. Mm. We would and we probably want to do something about it in more ways than one because we used to get a lot of abuse and and race racism in for all kinds of things in, in, in for whatever we did the way you dress if you scored a goal whatever so um, to have an ally in, in more ways than one that not he was your best mate like a brother to you was great. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing. But rest assured, you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. You mentioned earlier sort of commentary being the dark horse of the competition and obviously the players were not wanting to jinx jinx anything. Um, was there a moment for you personally when you got the feeling that 87 was going to be our year? Uh, no, no, not, not really. Um, I got the, 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 probably come on when we get to the cup final, I think. Mm. Um with the run-up when we beat Leeds, 
and people was writing us off from then and that's when we thought um or i thought that well we, we're not beaten yet we're not this is our year we beat them at christmas we've got nothing to be afraid of nothing to be afraid of at all and, and john and george made sure that we kept our feet on the ground and we did keep our feet on the ground we went there knowing that we always had a chance and i know that if we play anywhere the way we did that we had a chance against Tottenham because of, of the Christmas um, when we beat them. And I think we drew with them at White Hart Lane. So we always had a chance there. Mm. And with the way the press was going, like I remember Tom Hardy or, 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 uh, wrote in the Sunday paper um, that the only people who are going to know country city players are their family and their mum and dads. Which was a you know uh, <laughs> disrespectful. Yeah. So because uh, you were playing against Tottenham with sixteen internationals mm. and uh, Coventry City uh, nobodies, which is out out of order. You know, mm. same two legs, same this. Who wants it yeah, more? Absolutely. And, uh, so it just spurs you on a little bit more. It spurs you on to prove people people wrong, and and. It's it's a pleasure, and made me so uh, uh, an honour that they played our game, the cup final, to get the nation back on its track, to get the nation back in football. You know that's how much they think of our game was one of the top games, one of the well up there was one of the best FA Cup finals ever seen or played mm. there. Yeah, absolutely. Taking it back a little bit, Benno, um, talk us through the night before the cup final. Um, how did John Sillett and George Curtis calm you down before the final? Did they just let you get on with things? How was their insight to the uh, night before? Well, the, the night before the cup final, we, we uh, got uh, we trained, I think, in the afternoon. Hmm. Uh, and we all got in the coach and we, we stayed at a, a place called the Complete Anglia on the Thames by Marlow. Have you heard of it? Uh, yeah, I've, I've yeah. actually been there, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, that's where we played. It's nice uh, hotel with books, it chalets and everything. And um, we had our dinner uh, as, as you do. You have your whatever you want on the rest uh, on the menu. We we all sat down and watched it, uh, uh, eating it. And then about seven, eight, do say our seven, eight o'clock, we would get off to bed. Mm. So 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 we go for a walk. So if you've been there, there's a there's a bridge. And crosses over from there into the town of Marlow, mm. um, and that, and so we all went for a walk. So we all went for a walk, and um, as as you do, who walking past, we walk past this off license. So we walk past the off license, and some of us couldn't walk past it. So we had to, we popped in the off license to get a few uh, lagers. <laughs> so we wow. we got. We got a few lagers, and them days it was like red stripe and triple four X and everything like that, Budweisers and everything. And it went well. It went. Uh, like it's just kind of fours and things like that. It weren't it just a, It was just to help you calm calm your nerves and you make make you sleep better. But as we went back into the hotel, we went back into the hotel, and we had to walk past the reception with it. Uh, you could hear ching ching ching. With all the bottles and everything and, and all that, and uh, the guy who called the edge on the, the, the reception went in and told John Sillett and uh, <laughs> George Curtis what we had done, uh, that we've come in and brought all this alcohol in to 
you know, and we're going up to our rooms with it. And John and George just said, leave them alone. Uh, it's one of their biggest days of their lives tomorrow. So wow. they'll, they'll need it to, 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 to calm them down and everything like that. So uh, in that way, John and George were very calming. They understood that for some of us, it's a lot of nerves the night before the game. You know, you're making your phone calls. You've got to make sure tickets on and everything. So all the lads did was have a few cans of lager. We went up, played cards, uh, talked to who you've got to talk to, get yourself right. Uh, and that was it. And trying to get to sleep and get to sleep that night. And, not, and, and uh, sleep soundly because you've got a big day of it. Yeah. Mm. I always get the impression of George Curtis and John Silly that they were just such good man managers. They knew how to treat players and how to get the best out of them. Was that correct, Ben O'Driving? Yes, they, they, they had this philosophy of, of, of that they want to make you happy. Uh, mm. Them days, George used to make sure that you, you cannot be seen drinking a pint. You've got to drink uh, half a pint. The problem is you drink half a pint quicker than you do drink a pint. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> and he, he had this, this about him. He's a disappear, dis, dis, make sure that you, your air was cut. Mm. And, uh, if you got you got fined for being late, you got fined for you got seen drinking a pint, you got fined for not shaving, you got fined for this, everything about it. So you had to make sure you, you kept kept on top of you, and you don't want to upset George because George will pinch your nose, bite your nose, do all kinds of things, and he meant to hurt you and all. So you don't get involved with George. You know what I mean? <laughs> which, which 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 was good for uh, John. He just played the good guy, and George played the bad guy. So you got good cop, bad cop, and it worked yeah. especially well then, and they got the best out of us. And just talking about the build-up to the final, um, what was it like um, in the hotel in the morning and then obviously getting the bus uh, all the way to Wembley Way? Well, it, like in the morning, it, it, you see, so you probably might have seen little clips where uh, some of the lads are down with Satan Greaves. Yeah, I wasn't because uh, build-up to the, to, the, to the cup final. I had a lot of things to do, and I wanted to just relax. Uh, me and Cyril, and, and I wanted to uh, listen to like my reggae music and Maxi Priest and things like that. I was uh, getting into that, so I just wanted to relax. And on the, the the morning of the game, uh, before we went there, and get myself psyched up, really. And then on the on the on the bus, as you, you notice, there's no cameras on our bus because we play cards going to the to the mm. game. He didn't want to change all that, and obviously there was some money on the table, and he didn't want to see the cameras showing us showing chucking fivers away. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there was no cameras on the bus till we got, and then we we played cards on the bus until we got to Wembley Way. Once we got to Wembley Way, we put the cards away and started to take take in the atmosphere, see all the fans, see the people you knew, and uh, that when the build-up started to really start to, to your blood started flowing. Then mm. people were waving to you. You know, even your next door neighbour you haven't spoke to for fifteen years was there. You know, <laughs> people like that. So it was it was uh, brilliant because, like you say, you're driving out Wembley Way. You see all your fans. It's just blue and white, and that's all you're thinking about. Yeah. And you don't. And then the things are going through your mind now. You don't want to mess up today. You don't want to. All the days you want to mess up. This is the day you don't want to mess up on. Yeah, the nerves must have been kicking in a bit on the on the approach. 
Yeah, the, 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 you, 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 we try to be relaxed. Uh, what what happened was on. Uh, I think maybe John might have played an ace because uh, on the the day before, a lot of people don't know us. We went and trained at Wembley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we're not supposed to. So some of them, had, uh, some of our lads, have got the feel of Wembley and everything like that, and the tunnel and all that. So, but it's still still mind boggling because it's it's the real thing now. It's the real yeah. thing. You get there, you try and get. You're gonna be ready by a certain time. You gotta make sure you're ready. You gotta make sure you're mentally ready. You gotta make sure your hair's okay. You gotta make sure your fingernails <laughs> are painted. You know everything. You gotta do all that. You gotta make sure your lipstick's on and and, and uh, everything. So and you gotta mentally, you gotta be prepared um, in more ways than one. Because once you walk up that tunnel, the crescendo of noise that you that hits you because the, mm. the because uh, the tunnel gets rolled back, and like the commentary fan sees you first, and they uh, and they start shouting as the the, the, the curtains are rolled back on the canvas, and, and the, the more fans are seeing it, the, the the noise gets louder and louder mm. and louder till the old till you emerge from that tunnel, and then you just itchy and you think, ooh, this is what <laughs> you're talking about, you know, and that's when you think, yeah. You don't want to mess up now. Yeah, absolutely. And you obviously played a massive part in the win, you know, obviously scoring a goal and then also setting up Keith Houchin's goal, which obviously, you know, considered one of the best Wembley goals ever. Um, what do you remember of the game itself? I remember the game quite well. <laughs> to be honest, I remember it uh, very well. Now it's been shown about five yeah. times in the last two weeks. Had a few reminders, haven't you? Yeah, had a few reminders of it, but... The day, remember well, especially when starting the start of the game, they scored after what ninety seconds. Mm, yeah, very and, that, and I remember the ball coming back. I mean, and I've gone to kick the ball off with Cyril, and I've said to Cyril, Cyril, listen, let me kick the ball off because I haven't had a touch yet. <laughs> and Cyril said to me, he says, Menno, just keep the let's keep the score down. You know what I mean? Let's <laughs> keep the score. This is this is us talking to her before we kick the ball. You know what I mean? Kick off. So um, with like with the goal, as you do from years before, which was I've said when the ball goes on the left, I just try and get into the box uh, as a forward. If they put flick ons or a cross, I'll try and get across into the box, and I'm just trying to get into the game in that sense of uh, having around and lurking around for any half chances, which he did. But once I got to the half chance, I thought, oh, because uh, everyone goes on that. Clements was sleeping a little bit, or Mitchell <laughs> Thomas was, uh, you know, a bit back on the heels. But you know, they got to give credit where credit's due. I think it's just Coventry. They don't give give me enough credit that oh yeah, I've snipped yeah. in. But once I've nicked in, I had to, as I'm falling, I've had to make sure I've got it under attack. Oh, well, got it on on target, you know, because I thought if if Odge had not moved, he probably would have cleared it. So yeah. I'm thinking what to do because I probably could have like some. Some players do because I've touched it away with my right foot. Some players would have probably wait, come round and try and put it in with his right foot. But no, I uh, try to do it in one movement, which paid, and and um, it was one-one. Uh, and that's uh, and I didn't even have time to celebrate because the lads were on me that quick. But <laughs> I said to to most people, uh, you know, the feeling of scoring is so it's it's. Uh, how can I describe it? It's just 
I didn't get that chance, the feeling of scoring, because they come up and congratulated me that quickly, and they grabbed me. And it weren't just a grab to say, well done, Ben, oh, great goal. It was a grab of relief. Yeah. We're back in this game. Mm. It's like the chains have been let off you. Yeah. You know, you're back in this game, and they hugged me as if to say, yes, come on. Now we believe we're in this game. This is, you know, and, and, and that's, that is... I'll, I'll never ever forget that feeling. And when I'm jogging back to the um, to the line for the kickoff, that's when I'm thinking, "Come on, now you you got to do what you got to do and uh, get on with the game." Still yeah. in the game, just because I've scored, the game's not over yet. Yeah, exactly. You can't you can't get carried away with the occasion, can you? You've got to focus on the game. And so uh, when, with that, and the way the game's going at the at, at the wave, they look dangerous. We were getting into the game more and more and more. And we probably should have gone two one up with the best chance uh, the first half with Mickey Jin one on one with the keeper with a back yeah. than he keeper most times, and uh, I think that would have um, you know the way we come back into the game which we deserve to be in front at the end of the first half. So and then we go in two one down. You're thinking, come on, it's Tottenham. What do you do? <laughs> you know, and um, with that you you go on. And um, second half, you go out, you just carry on, you try and do something, you, 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 you play your game to the best of your ability, you want the ball, you, you know, I've got the, the beating of uh, Mitchell Thomas and I'm trying to get the ball all the time, times where they feel it's going to pass to me, he never passed it to me and I'm thinking, getting frustrated, uh, but I've still got to keep carrying on, keep going and still do the job for the team. And so... Um, when you know what is it a, a little bit of brilliance or me being trying to do create something of putting the ball in there early that's what I try to do for the goal mm. and uh, the rest is history or well, edit uh, Keith Houching the only time he's added the ball he's flipping a millionaire and he's me up <laughs> across David Beckham <laughs> makes a million and I just get a pat on the back <laughs> 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 You know what I mean? But no, he's, he's great. He did well. If you ever see the goal, Keith Alchie knocks it out to me and he that's the first time I've ever seen him sprint. We've never <laughs> rehearsed it. We've never rehearsed it or anything. And he's he's knocked it out to me and just gone into the box. And the next thing, you, you know, it's a diving header. And you know as much as I do and anyone knows, uh, you're playing a cup final, you want to score, you don't care how you score. It's mm. like your heel, your bum. Your head, your shoulder, your toe, no matter what, to score a diving header <laughs> yeah, must be a dream cool. come true, isn't it? That's mm-hmm. right of the Rovers stuff. Yeah. You know, and uh, he he deserves everything he gets or respect he gets for it. And if it's voted the 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 best goal ever scored at Wembley, I hope he gives me a five out of the money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he obviously saved it for the big day, didn't he? Yes. To try it out. Yes, that's right. Um, you know, the fairy tale. As he says, uh, with the pages he started early on in the in in the cup run, and uh, the end was there to be seen. And and how did it feel when you know when the final whistle blew and we and we'd won the cup? Well, uh, when we won the cup, I'm not, like thinking I can't believe we've won the cup, and um, obviously Tottenham go up to get their get their um, medals first. So I've stayed behind and I've chucked shook every Tottenham's hand say well done mm. because revenge for me from 80 81 
yeah. there was a couple of players who played in that game, like Chris Alton, Ozzy Diaz, and Glenn Oddle. So I shook their hands to say, you know, well done, uh, as to say, thank you, revenge. So I was one of the last ones up there to get my medal. And um, when I get down there and obviously you're happy uh, and um, you want to celebrate with the lads and I take a team photo and then after I've took a team photo and done a little bit of a lap of honour, I get whisked off to the press conference, uh, me and Keith Alton, because we scored the goals and we're in answering all these uh, press um, questions and I'm looking for this guy called... Is it Tom Langley who, who wrote about us saying that nobody nobody knows us? <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to tell him, well, everybody will know of us now. You know. Yeah, we're the famous ones now, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so we'll, we'll be all over the paper tomorrow. So <laughs> uh, with that, and then I go back into the changing rooms, and when I go back into the changing rooms to get my stuff, there's nothing nothing there. Everything's gone. The only, <laughs> the only stuff I've got is what I've probably got on, because everyone's got the spare shirt, everyone's got all memorabilia, all souvenirs for whatever reason. Everyone who's connected with Coventry City at the time have probably got in there and got what they can get or grab what they can see. So I'm left with hardly anything. And because I've been there before, I went uh, a little bit of experience. Told me um, we only use use one ball in the cup final. And I went to the, to the referee and asked for the ball. Wow! So I had the ball. And then we, we left there and all you wanted to do is see your girlfriend, your wife, your family, mm. your kids. But because Jimmy Hill was a massive uh, um, match of the day, he wanted us to go up there to uh, sing uh, Play Up Sky Blues. Oh, brilliant. So we went up onto the gantry to sing uh, the song, and which obviously it, it must have been a dream come true for him. Obviously he started that dream with coming to Coventry City, you know, mm. building it, rebuilding it. And now he's seen his team play at Wembley and he's commentating on it. Just yeah. being, you know what I mean? You can't, couldn't, wish, couldn't wish for a better ending, could you? So uh, we had to go up there and then all we wanted to do was come down and see the wives. And by the time we've finished doing that, uh, all the bars are closed. So again, I'm not out of drink. <laughs> <laughs> And the drinks of the night off have probably worn off at this point as well. <laughs> yeah. No, no we, we got down and I met, forget we're coming down to the gantry and me and Cyril, myself, Cyril and Mickey Jin looked back at the scoreboard and the scoreboard still said Coventry 3, top of the hospital 2. And we just looked at it and said, yeah, let's look at that because the, the never-ending sight that we might not see that again, which we haven't. And we just looked at it and said, yeah, boys, congratulations, you've done it. You know, and then we 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 travel on the bus, get on the bus back to uh, Coventry, but we stayed at Browns Over Hotel because yeah. we were on the bus, and you can imagine the traffic down there. One was chock a block, and we showed the coach. We had the the cup on the the bus, on at the front or at the back. They let us travel back down the the arch shoulder. <laughs> just That's brilliant. Yeah, the bib owns and. They didn't care. They just got. Out. We just travelled back down the high shoulder. Never bothered, and we stayed at the Browns over hotel overnight. And then we went and picked up Bugsy from out of hospital nine o'clock the next morning. Mm, the, cool. the lap of honour. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. What was it like in Coventry? Um, 
the bus tour and showing the uh, trophy to all the Sky Blues fans? I'll tell you what, is to this day, I don't know how they got that many people. I didn't know there was that many people lived in Coventry because we started <laughs> at the Holiday Inn. We started at the Holiday Inn and it's 20 minutes by car just to go into town, just driving. We started at the Holiday Inn, mm. opened that bus and uh, we stopped off at the hospital because Oggy's uh, missus had just had a baby. So we drove around there and said hello and thank you. But um, it took us four hours from... Uh, the holiday in to get into the centre of the town. Wow, and, that's amazing. Uh, uh, true story in the afternoon. So we're on this over uh, open deck bus. You can imagine we're on this open deck bus, four hours, everybody chucking up bottles of this, beer of this, you name it. All kinds of being chucked up. People running alongside the bus. We're drinking it and there's no toilets on the bus. Oh, God. No toilets on the bus, <laughs> so you can imagine. You drink, give me a bottle of bit, uh, bottle of a uh, wine or a bottle of this. We had to drink it that quick to fill it. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, so we we went in there. It was a long, long day, really, because we obviously we get back to the to the to the town hall, and uh, just the sight to this day is uh, overwhelming. And uh, thank God, touch wood. Uh, and you know, I was part of it to witness it because obviously, if we did win the cup again, I don't think we'll have that many people in the town hall or around the town because uh, of health and safety nowadays. But mm. it was just amazing sight to see blue and white. And credit to the fans, uh, there was nothing broken, nothing st- stolen. They just wanted to salute the team and what we'd done and what the team we wanted to salute the fans because we were. It was what we do for the fans, you know, because they supported us. The least we can do was uh, salute them, and it's a magnificent occasion to this day. I still remember it, you know, and uh, to see the fans out there, and like I say, even the next door neighbour was there. <laughs> <laughs> Came out the woodwork. Yeah. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant, brilliant stories, Benno. And then following your time at the Sky Blues, you had spells at. Um, Swindon and Shrewsbury um, and Sheffield Wednesday as well um, but obviously unfortunately two leg breaks in the space of two years kind of you know almost ended your football career really how tough was it kind of dealing with with those injuries mentally well it, it, it was I felt what happened was I signed my uh, I was on a deal to sign an extra contract more money at commentary after the cup final people were interested in you and everything and um, I was in out in line for an England cap. John Simic come and told me I was getting an England cap, so I thought, right, I'll wait for that. And the following season, I broke my leg, crap, uh, did my shin bone at, uh, on, uh, I think, Peter Shilton's head for mm. coming. And um, I'm there to sign a contract. So obviously now my contract gets uh, whipped away, sort of thing. Instead of signing a four year deal, they want to give me a three year deal and then. George is saying, thinking that, well, I don't think you're going to be the player you was before. So uh, things now uh, I, I, I turn a little bit sour in my mouth and I'm thinking, well, I've been here through the bad times. Now here comes the good times. Don't you think you should look after me? Mm. I'm stuck in thing. And now we're turning turning the corner. And people are, want to play for Coventry City because of the style of football we're playing. And they, 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 
the way we are and to know what kind of character we've got in the team and the camaraderie. Thinking, oh, so in in the end, that started off with breaking my leg there, and you know, and a little bit of bitterness or sour grapes was coming on then with obviously myself and the, the management because mm. I've thought I've been through the the good times. Let you know, please repay me. You know what I mean. So um, I left and went to Sheffield Wednesday on that. Uh, and when I was Sheffield Wednesday, I was fine with uh, with uh, Ron Atkinson, but there was a coach there called Richie Barker, which I never got on with. Uh, we never got on eye to eye of the way he wanted to play and how I always seen me play or perceived that I should play this way. So I fell out and I thought, it's my time to move out of there because the next that year they went on and won the league cup. Mm. So I went to Swindon where Ozzy brought me at Swindon. And my second game for Swindon, I broke my leg, fib and tibia. And while I was at Swindon, I broke my leg three times because while I was at Swindon, I was uh, on loan to Shrewsbury. While I was at mm. Shrewsbury, my manager, ex manager John Bond, uh, took me there and uh. I played against Stockport and I done it there. So three times, uh, well, so unlucky. Four times in all, and then at Swindon, obviously, I was doing a lot with Swindon, and the manager then ended up being Glenn Oddle. And uh, you know, the last game Glenn Oddle played against myself or whatever was against the cup final, so he didn't see him to eye to me. So uh, yeah, that that was that. So it was it was very hard mentally. I had to go training on my own, trying to get myself fit. Uh, knowing that uh, with Glenn and a few others at Swindon, he didn't fancy me if I was fit, um, would want to move me on. But at the same time, I tried to try and get a club because I was still, uh, as they say, quite young in the game. So I haven't played for two, two to three years, so I still think I have a lot of petrol still in the tank. Mm, yeah, definitely. So I, job, so I could do a job for someone, but is someone taking a chance on you, especially with your leg? So... Um, I didn't get any offers, so uh, things was uh, you know looking a bit grim. And mentally, you, you fight with yourself, and all of a sudden you've done this, and then you wanted to move everywhere else, and you you're all over the country because you're out in Swindon, and you're moving back here. You got personal things going on, and plus you're not playing football, so mm. mentally very very hard. Yeah, uh, I can imagine. So, uh, but. Uh, I struggled with it and, and I got on with it through friends and whatever, maybe family. But my strong upbringing at the time, I uh, lost my dad in 2001. So that was hard at the same time because I'd just finished. Uh, uh, so it was it was very, very hard mentally in more ways than one. So I, 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 to, to think how some players cope with it is... Mm. Yeah, you can imagine some do mm. deal with it, some don't. Yeah, definitely. And since then, you've been involved uh, with the obviously the formal players association at the club, and also uh, on CWR as a pundit. Do you enjoy the uh, media side of the football, Benno? Yeah, I love the, the media side of it because uh, uh, you know you, you've been there, you've done it, and mm. then on. And uh, also, I'm a member of a. Uh, show racing the red card so I do a lot yeah. around schools telling them about racism and obviously how it's moved on so you try and explain it to him because uh, no kid in this world is born racist so 
they must be they must have been taught it from their parents or their grandparents or from mm. or their mother or dad because no child no one in the world is born don't know it they don't know anything about it all these mm. so they so they must they must learn it from somewhere so someone must tell them about it you know so uh, um so it's it's interesting trying to tell people about that and how my exploits and misadventures with it, it it's great and then come to the the football side of it and commentating on it. it's really good because at the time I was still playing, still doing uh, charity matches, mm-hmm. still playing bets games and still trying to uh, uh, influence people who are playing around the game. So I have an idea what they're trying to do, where they're going with it, and especially with it, where they are in the leagues, what league we're doing. And you think, well, they like to say to you, well, you can't, um, what you try to tell you're not playing no more, but I've been there, done it, and won and wore the t-shirt. So it's nice to commentate on them. And you've obviously was a was well, you played forward and then you played on the right wing. What would your advice would be for any young up and coming footballer at the minute who play in that position? Well, it all depends on the the, the, the team play, but uh, just work on your touch. Always mm. work on your touch. Your touch. Uh, learn a trick. Um, uh, the, these lads now do tricks. I, I learn the tricks like catch it on the neck. I never learned that. Always learn a trick with the ball so that it can get you out a little a tight angle. Or treat the ball as, it, as if it's your wife. You want to, you know, touch everything. Get your touch right. Two touch, yeah. one touch, finishing. Uh, and, and just work, 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 work. And it, it, never give in, you know. Uh, if it's not going for you one day, don't worry about it. Keep working; it'll come for you. And yeah. It's like if you make six runs and the ball don't come, it's the seventh run when the ball might come. And that's what it's all about. Is mm. you've got to keep going, keep believing, keep believing, and what you put in the get, what you hard work you put into the game, you will get something out of it. Definitely, yeah, brilliant. And then just kind of sort of moving on to you know the current crop of, crop of Sky Blues players. Um, and obviously Mark Robbins at the helm. What do you make of the job that he's doing at the club? He's done a magnificent job, you know, considering uh, the first time he was here, he was doing a good job then. And obviously uh, he was, people wanted him. And then he moved off thinking it was, the grass was greener. The other side, it's not worked out for him to come back in the situation where the club is and the way the, the club are uh, to do what he's done. He's, you know, he's going to hold the hands up to him, but he knows as much as a lot, uh, a lot of people know, uh, the job's not done yet. The job's not done, and he wants to be part of that. He's ambitious and he's keen, so uh, and he's doing a magnificent job. So it, we want him to carry on. Yeah, definitely. And I know you you get to quite a few games um, at, at St Andrews this season. What, what have you made of the team that he's put together? He's done very well. The footballing team. Of the, the passing teams to tell, and like you say, sometimes they, they play this. Like if they got the ball, they can't score. It's a great possession. But I, I like to see us kill teams off because we pass the ball and make some great chances. But I, I, I'm more like, yes, let's rub it in because yeah, you've got to <laughs> make, 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 kill them off. Yeah. Sometimes you can play some great football and lose the game. What's the point? Sometimes I'm, uh, uh, I'll have a little scrappy goal will do me but he's, he's influenced the young lads 
So mm. they're learning the trade in more ways than one uh, by bringing them through. And, and he's had a turnover of certain players here that have gone on to bigger things and they're still learning the trade. Obviously, if we get up to the championship, which hopefully we're, we're going to, um, yeah. he might have to change his style a little bit because it'd be a bit different. Uh, teams will be tougher. They know what we like. So it'll be interesting to see how he cope. And I think he will, he'll want that, relish that challenge. I think the players here will relish that challenge because they'll be playing higher, yeah, bigger crowds. Uh, and I think that they can go further. So I think he'll be looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Benno, we'd love to chat to you all night, but we've uh, we've sadly run out of time. I'd just like to say we really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing your Sky Blue story. And on behalf of the thousands of Coventry City fans and Sky Blue's extra listeners, we thank you for your contribution whilst wearing the Coventry City shirt and creating memories that will never be forgotten by so many people. No problem. It's a pleasure playing for the Coventry City. And listeners, don't forget you can join in the conversation by liking, sharing and commenting on our Twitter, Facebook and Instagram pages. Just use the hashtag SkyBluesExtraPodcast. Thanks for listening to the Sky Blues Extra Podcast. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.